0: brings that passage to us now. Tonight's reading is uh, John chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness, Instead of light, because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have been done, what they have done, has been done in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord? Thanks. Thank you to God.
1: pray together. Lord, we pray that fresh light from your word would stream forth this evening into our hearts to give us joy and peace in believing and a desire that others too might come to know the one in whom is the hope of eternal life. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: For those of you who have
1: been Following the program of reading through the New Testament in a year and who are up to date. Today you will have read of Jesus' crucifixion as recorded by Mark, and I commented on the notes on that. How stark that is in the way that Mark records it. They crucified him. And we're looking. At a similar theme this evening, focusing on Jesus' death upon the cross. But in these verses that were read to us, John presents that in a very different way. And perhaps this is one of the best known verses in the Bible, and the most loved verses in the Bible, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. What a wonderful and precious verse this is. But you notice that it begins, verse 16, with the word for, for God's sake. And that little word, for, is a logical connection. It forces us to look to the verses before it. What on earth have those verses about Moses lifting up a snake in the wilderness got to do with Jesus' death on the cross? Well, the incident referred to in verse 15, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, is recorded in Numbers chapter 21. And in that section of the book of Numbers, the children of Israel should have been enjoying the promised land by now. God had promised to to give it to them. They had only to march into it, but when they sent people to look at it, they found that there were terrifying people living in that land, like giants in our eyes, and the people listened to that description of the terrifying people rather than trusting in God's promise. And God told them that because of that, they were going to spend 40 years in the wilderness before they would enter that promised land. So here they are in Numbers chapter 21. They're walking through the wilderness. And despite God's great care for them, in providing for their every need, They were getting fed up. I can imagine if I had to walk a week in a wilderness full of sand and stones, I would get thoroughly fed up with it, let alone the prospect of 40 years. (laughs) And so they began to grumble against God, and we read this. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. What's this miserable food they're talking about? The manna, bread sent from heaven by the hand of God for them. This miserable food. Because of their rebellion, we read that God sent venomous snakes. And these venomous snakes were biting the children of Israel and many were dying. And they turned again to Moses in repentance. They said, we have sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. They repented, and instead of looking towards God in resentment, they were now looking to God in hope. Hope for God to save them. And God told Moses to do a very strange thing. He told Moses to make a bronze replica of these serpents and to hang it up on a pole and that whoever looked at that bronze serpent hanging on a pole would live. I meant to look it up and I forgot. But there are some medical um, organizations today that have that as a symbol, mm-hmm. The bronze serpent on a pole. God knows where it is. It is the DNA. Is it the BMA? We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> but what a strange thing that was. does any of that apply to Jesus? Well, we too are rebels against God. God made us for his own glory that we should love him and serve him. But we all, like sheep, have gone astray and turned each one to our own way. We'd rather live to please ourselves and to live, to please and glorify the one who has created us. We've been bitten by the snake. We are all sons of Adam, daughters of Eve. And as a result, we live in a wilderness world, rather than paradise. A world marked by disappointment, by sickness, by pain, and at last by death for every one of us. Is there any remedy to this plight of fallen humanity? This morning, uh, it was wonderful that um, the preacher this morning at the 10.30 service, took um, Ephesians 2 as a text to preach from. And I was particularly struck by some words in that. Ephesians 2 starts with a gloomy picture of of our condition and then says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, has raised us up together with Christ. And I love those words because of his great love for us. God's great love for us in all our rebellious condition. God who is rich in mercy. He's a God of mercy and grace. And that's what John is telling us here. In love, God sent his own beloved son into the world that we might find healing and eternal life. Jesus was lifted up upon the cross and died a cruel and agonising death. And just as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, that serpent being a symbol of God's judgment on rebellious people, so Jesus was lifted up to die on the cross. And Jesus, dying on the cross, is not a symbol of God's judgment. It is the place where God's judgment fell on his own beloved son, instead of falling on us. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. As Jesus hung there on the cross, all the venom of that old serpent and all the judgment of a holy God are focused there at the cross, and they're exhausted there. So that we who look to Him look to His death, His atoning death for us, and trust in Him are no longer condemned. We're forgiven, embraced by Lord and receive eternal life. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Now imagine for a moment that you were there with the Israelites, when they were being bitten by those snakes. And suppose you came across a man who'd been bitten by a snake and was dying. And you said to him, there's good news. Moses has just
0: erected
1: a bronze model of a snake on a pole in the camp. And all you've got to do is go and look at this snake and you'll live. Suppose that man had said to you, that's just plain stupid. How on earth can looking at a snake, the very thing that is the source of my pain, how can that bring me healing and life? I'm not that. You surely plead with him: Come, look and live. And as an old hymn quaintly put it, there is life for a look at a crucified one. Or in the words of a contemporary song, come and see, come and see, come and see the King of love. We worship at your feet, where wrath and mercy meet, and a guilty world, is washed by love's pure stream for us he was made sin oh help me take it in deep wounds of love cry out father forgive i worship i worship the lamb who was slain this is god's appeal to each one of us he gave his son up on the cross for us, so that everyone who believes in him might have eternal life. Listen again to these well-known verses. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, whoever believes in him is not condemned. Wonderful, wonderful words. Look to the Lord Jesus, crucified and raised for you. Look and live. It's a wonderful passage of scripture, isn't it? And it's wonderful encouragement to us if not. I trust that each one of us is trusting in Christ and knows what it is to have life in him. And to be able to say with the Apostle with conviction, deeply moved, he loved me and gave himself for me. Or to be able to say with Charles Wesley, those wonderful words, no condemnation now I dread. Jesus, and all in him is mine. But this passage from John's Gospel is not there simply for our reassurance. It reads, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life." God's appeal to look and live is not to us alone. It's to the whole world in all its need. To every corner of this suffering world. Look to Christ. As Isaiah says, speaking with the voice of the living God, Turn to me, all you ends of the earth, for I am God. And there is no other. Turn to me and be saved. God loves the world that he's made. Loves it so much despite its rebellion that he sent his son to be our saviour. He calls upon people from every end of the world to come and trust in him. We live in a world where people are dying. And in pain, have been bitten by the snake and are under sentence of death. Yet here is the place where wrath and mercy meet, where a guilty world is washed by love's pure stream. The cross of Christ displays God's love for this world and is the symbol of hope for this world. God calls us then, not just to be a people who rejoice in this truth for ourselves, but who seek to point others, dying, to the one who can give them life. May God help us to do so. For his name's sake.